Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Fig and Locke Coast to Coast. I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Locke. Well, everybody, it is now October. We are in the full throes of fall. Uh, for those of you out there on the East Coast and Conus, you're probably starting to see the leaves change. Pumpkin spice dominates your life. Um, you know, it's a little more crisp in the air. Um, out here, the only way I know it's October is because my calendar tells me so, and they're selling cr- candy in the stores. Um, without any seasonal cues, it's really hard to keep track of the changing seasons. But that being said, today we're going to have a little fun, a little fun on the podcast. We're going to, you know, talk a little less heavy, and we are going to recap what we believe are our top ten pop culture things from the summer. So we're bounding it from you know anything that came out between Memorial Day weekend and um, and September 21st, the official end of summer. So this is gonna be anything from movies or TV, things that we've seen or watched uh, while we were in, over the summer that we think are, were were really worthwhile and we would recommend that other folks ch- should check out. A lot of these I'm sure you you've probably already seen. I mean, a lot of them are in so are popular on social media and are you know were were some very well talked about and publicized items. So it's no surprise that a lot of these things made it into our top ten list. But um, we thought since we weren't didn't start doing the podcast till really the end of summer, we thought it'd be fun to kind of recap some of these things and give our opinions on them, like we used to do on the old podcast. You know, when we were actually you know sharing the same social space where we could go check out a movie together or watch a show together and talk on it that week. Unfortunately, we don't have that ability now. Um, but anyway, before we jump into it, I'll turn over to Mr. Locke for some brief comments to see what his thoughts are. Hello, hello, everybody. So we're doing this because it's just a really slow news week with uh, Brett Favre scandal of heavy, but it's, it's not information. We have, you know, Lizzo's toot. From um, from Congress, you know, uh, not a lot to talk about this week. So, me and Mr. Fig decided to switch it up and do a list. Um, we, me and him, we do watch a lot of programming, and but we probably just watch a lot of differences as well. And so, this should be really fun, entertaining debate slash conversation. Yep, that is very true. Uh, we do ha- ha- we do share a lot of the same tastes. We do also differ on a lot of things that we watch. So this will be a fun uh, reprieve from some, from some of the heavier things we talk about here on the show. So that being said, this is our top ten uh, movies and TV shows that we saw during summer. Uh, so, um, Mr. Locke, I'll let you go first. What is your number ten? My number ten is The Sandman. It, uh, for me, it was very not, you know, you watching it, um, really because like, it was good. So I like, dragged my ass through it. And, you know, episode six was really good, actually. And episode seven was actually pretty good. And it's slow, slow burn. Like the Sandman definitely make me fall asleep. Yeah, Sandman, I watched it as well. Uh, it, I had a hard time with it. It, it is, it is definitely a more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? High-minded show. Uh, it, it is not action-heavy, 
Um, it is definitely, as you as you put it, a slow burn. Um, one of my favorite episodes, and I'm not sure if this is one of the ones you mentioned, is the one where it's right between. It's kind of it's kind of sits right in the middle of all of it, and it's kind of disconnected from because you know the, the the show is broken into two halves, right? The first half is about him getting back his the amulet, and the second half of the show is him pursuing um, the nightmare, right? Uh, so there's this one episode that sits right in between the, those two parts of the show about where he is um he won it's him and death walking around uh london and she's claiming these different lives and you know she goes to take the baby's life i was like i couldn't i i was speechless during that 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 part like it really that really shook me to the core a little bit you know um but yeah you know that kind of thing happens um so there was that and then the other part of that episode that i really liked too was the part where uh, he, him, and Death have made this bet about this guy um, that if given enough to get, you know, there there comes a point in every person's life where they want to die, and you know, so um, so Death kind of occurs. This guy's in, he's in a bar. He's boasting that I'll never die. I'm gonna live forever, and you know, uh, Sandman. Uh, he's got this. You know, he's kind of the opinion that well, he's only saying that because things are good right now. I think if you know, given enough time, he would want to die. You know, at some point. And so Death says, "Well, I'll tell you what. Well, I'll grant you that. Like I will never. I will. I will let him live. I'm never going to come claim his life. So every hundred years, he comes and visits the same guy, um, on the same at the same time in the same tavern. And one, the show is cool because you get to see the evolution of this tavern over time." You get to see how uh, this man spends his life, you know, a hundred years at a time. Like, at one point, he becomes this really rich aristocrat, and then like he loses it all. And you think at that moment, at that moment, he's gonna say, "I'm done," like take my life. And he's like, "No, no, I'm, I'm not ready to die yet." And he picks himself back up again. And and then and then the show kind of it, it it peaks when you know this this guy basically confronts uh, Sandman and says, "I think the only reason you're doing this is because I'm your only friend." And at first he's insulted by it, but then you, he comes to realize that that's true. This is his only friend. And uh, so I, Sandman for me, like I, I, it didn't make my top ten, but I did enjoy the show a great deal. I don't know if you have anything more to say about Sandman. Or I got nothing else to say about it. I already said my piece on it. <laughs> Roger that. <laughs> All right, so my, my number ten is uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. So this is the uh, Nicolas Cage movie uh, where he plays himself and he gets an offer from a fan living in Spain uh, that, you know, for, I forget how much money, but for some ridiculous amount of money to come and stay with him and read a script and just spend time with him. And, you know, at this point, point Nick Cage is like, he can't, he doesn't have any roles and he needs the money. So he agrees to do it and they become best friends. Well, then it becomes a bit of a like a spy thriller because it turns out that this guy supposedly is um, uh, involved in in the like the mob or and he's like a like a big drug and you know weapons runner and stuff like that. So um, you know hilarity ensues as these two guys like try to measure each other up and 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 Nick Cage is you know enlisted by like the CIA to like to help take this guy down. But it's just a really it's just comedy gold. Um, it's suspenseful action. It's funny. I mean, no one does Nick Cage better than Nick Cage. So you actually get, he actually gets to just, you know, totally Nick Cage out for lack of a better term. Pedro Pascal is 
so good in the film as like this starstruck fanboy. Um, it's just got it has all these great callbacks to like if you're in a Cage fan to Face Off and Con Air and um, all those you know great Nick Cage movies. Um, but and it's just beautiful to watch. It's very well filmed. Um, it's it's filmed in Spain, so the scenery is beautiful, and the story is actually very compelling as well. So for me, you know that it's just it's just a great movie. That's a movie that I'm interested. I'm very interested in watching. I'll, I'll have to wait till it maybe comes like HBO Max or something. It wasn't good enough for me to drive out to the city to see it at the movie theater. It didn't pique my interest that much. Uh, it is streaming. You can rent it now. Um, okay. Um. All right. So, what's your number nine? Number nine. I think um, I'm looking at. I got all of us are dead. That is a uh, Netflix uh, miniseries. Um, I think it's Korean with like the zombie high school kids and and whatnot. My wife had me watch it, you know, because this is right after the the boom of the Squid Game, so everything that was coming out of Korea was like the hotness. And uh, watched it. It's an interesting story, you know. It's not giving you. It's not giving us anything that we're not never seen before. You know, it's uh, it's just it's wild zombie action. So you know how them zombies usually they have the slow walkers and stuff like that, or the superhuman ones. These are like the frantic ones. They're all over the place. A lot of uh, the directing, though, a lot of nice one shots, one shot frantic running fight scene type situations. Um, there's drama between the students itself. And there's like one student double crossing another student, all that jazz. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on with that. So it's a uh, it's definitely a good watch. So it's a it's a decent watch. It's worth being being number nine on my list. Copy. All right, sounds good. Um, so my number nine is She Hulk, which admittedly I know She Hulk is still ongoing, but it did, <clears throat> it started in August, so it's in the time frame. Um, I I love this show. I know it gets a lot of troll on trolling on on the internet. Hate. You know, a lot of, hate. Yeah. It gets a lot uh, of hate. It gets a lot of hate, which I don't understand because, um. I know people give give the CGI a hard time. Got it. It's not perfect, but I think the show is just absolute magic. I mean, it, it one, it's it's a, a a refreshing version of a of a superhero show. Um, it I, what I like about it is it focuses more on the challenges. Like, look, I'm not a woman, um, but you know, I'm I'm married to one, and I'm married to a career woman on top of it. And I think it really resonates. And my wife and I, we were watching the latest episode on Wednesday night. And she was talking about the challenges of like being a woman and dating and like people love this wonderful version of her, the She-Hulk, but no one wants to be with regular Jen. And I think that's, you know, and, and she was like, a lot of women struggle with that. Like, and then she struggles as a career woman and, and it just, it's just a really refreshing show. Like I know it, like right now it's, it's, it's very episodic. It focuses more on just, it's just like, this is a singular event. Like right now there doesn't seem to be a, a thread, you know, like a lot of the other Marvel shows have a, there, you know, you, you learn there's a villain in there and the, 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 at some point the villains and the heroes meet and then the, the, the show climaxes with the big fight and you know, it's over, but this show is very episodic and it, I think, um, it's just, it's a, it's a great, com- you know, comedy show. It's a great superhero show. And, um, and I love that it like, even though it's, it's getting trolled by a lot of fans out there, the show is also trolling the haters at the same time, which also is great. 
So I, I love She-Hulk, man. I don't know if you've seen any of it, but it's it's a good show. But um, I really enjoy the show. Um, what I've heard about She-Hulk either is either is people that hate the show altogether, or people like love it. It's a show made for and made by a woman. So I mean, guys that can't comprehend the humor or what they're trying to actually do in that show, I guess there's gonna come with hate. I think Disney's winning either way because people are going to hate on the show, which causes people to talk about it. And then it's still going to be a talk of the town. So it's not a show that's totally forgotten. Um, but the, by the sounds of it, it's not really my cup of tea. Um, but it's supposed to be, what I'm hearing is this show is supposed to, later in the season, supposed to unlock somebody. Somebody's supposed to come later. And they've been teasing it all season. Somebody's waiting for this big person to come. So well, I guess we'll wait to hear what happens there. Well, Daredevil is supposed to show up, so that's what a lot of people are waiting for, is for Daredevil to show up. Um, The memes on that are hilarious, but um, we'll see. All right, uh, Mr. Locke, if you want to give us your number eight. All right, number eight. Um, Number eight for me is Resident Evil uh, on Netflix. I get it. So some people are hearing that. I'm surprised by that choice. It's (laughs) absolute. Yeah, exactly. Some people are like, are you serious? Look, for me, it's it's a refreshing take on a series that's been around forever and i think a refresh idea is fine some things have to be hard in stone they tried something new with the idea they did a couple of they took a couple of privileges on it there's a couple of nice one take shots action shots in the movie um i don't think the, uh the the gore looked fine um i think this like the jump between future and past could be a bit jarring at times and how they wanted the future to be compared to what the present day is is kind of weird as well. But I think the show deserved at least a second season to kind of give us a little bit more. Um, that show is currently canceled. There's no moss of that happening now. Um, but, you know, it's what it is. And uh, the main guy, Lance, I forgot the guy's name, Lance something. Um, he put a big, get a big emotional post on Twitter about thanking everybody for, you know, going through it and giving a good effort because he did a good he did a really good job in that film as well, on that series itself he was a standout actor he was the main character Wesker but um yeah it, it's I I think that's that's number eight on my list yeah okay yeah um I was gonna give that show a chance but the re- re- the reviews on it were so terrible and like that I, I was like well and I only have so much time to watch a lot of things so I'm gonna pick things I know are gonna be good and um, so, uh, I would, based on the reviews, I was not shocked to hear that got canceled, but I mean, if you're saying that it's not, it's worthwhile, I might check it out then. So, all right. Um, uh, my number eight is, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, um, I think, I mean, I, I, uh, any opportunity to see what, what Obi-Wan is up to in the time between, you know, um, clone, uh, or, uh, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, I'll take it. Um, whether it be in comic form or on TV show form, um, I love the fact that they were able to get back Hayden Christensen and um, obviously Ewan McGregor to to do their roles. Um, I thought Ewan McGregor brought a, a great emotional weight to the character and his struggle to kind of come to terms with the fact that he had to kill his best friend, or at least to his knowledge, kill his best friend. Um, so I, you know, the, I thought the show was very well written. It was beautiful to watch. I mean, seeing those two icons come back together on on, on the well, the seemingly small screen, and 
and and and fight it out was was pretty spectacular. I think for me, the, uh, it, the it it might have been higher, except I have issues with how it ended. Um, you know, I mean, like any prequel, you know how the character what happens to the character. So I think we all knew that neither of these characters were going to die because they're together in Episode Four. Um, but at the same time, I think there are better ways to have written that final episode. And um, you know, one of the things that bugged me was. Yeah, in the in the in the final episode, there's a scene where he's basically talking to himself or talking to somebody. I can't remember which. And he says, "Hey, one, you know, two people are gonna go to that planet, and only one person's gonna leave, basically." And um, so, it, it, so that remark to me means that he go he's going down there with the intent to kill the kill Vader, right? Um, and spoilers if you haven't seen it, but I mean, they duke it out. Obi-Wan gets the best of Anakin slash Darth. I heard that's a really good match, though. It was. was It's an amazing fight. It's an amazing fight. But he gets the best of them, and he's got them on the ropes. And he can end it all right then and there. Like, there doesn't have to be a Darth Vader after this moment. And he walks away. And there's really no explanation as to what that is, right? Like, we know that he's emotionally, like, he's reconciled the fact that that is not his friend anymore. Got it. You know, which is that, you know, emotionally, story wise, dramatic drama, that's a big win. But at the same time, you just said you're going down there with the intent to end this. And he doesn't. And I really feel like the show would have benefited from a moment where, like, whether it be Qui Gon, which the Qui Gon Jin uh, cameo was very short and kind of useless. I felt like that, like, Qui-Gon should have been there's a moment where Obi-Wan has got his back on the ropes and like he uh that would have been the moment to have Qui-Gon show up and be like you know get pulled together but you can't kill him he has a destiny there is a, a there, like there is a like there's his, there's other things that need to happen you know in the going forward but the fact that he just leaves him there like not knowing what's going to happen after that really it really irritated me so obi-wan would be probably a lot higher but i felt like that last episode was a huge disappointment interesting interesting you know a lot of people that have watched that show they spoke extremely high of like the sword fight with like not sword fight but you know the battle with uh darth darth vader was badass so everybody talked about that so i thought yeah it would be a little higher on your list that's interesting all right number seven number seven for me is the show little demon so little demon uh, just <laughs> came out show. like it, it, it came out at the uh end of the summer here and it's pretty much the devito family it's an animated series on fx um where danny devito plays the devil uh i believe danny devito's daughter plays like the daughter and then uh, uh oz uh, audrey plaza plays the mother Yep, and it's just hijinks. It's just straight shenanigans. And some of the people that uh, Rick and Morty's people are—they're they're all over the place now. Um, that's how it happens when you're popular, I guess. But they're all over the place, so you have that, and it's just craziness. Poltergeist, heaven, hell, craziness, and it's it's interesting to watch, you know. So uh, it's that's number seven for me. Yeah, I'm, I've I've watched a few episodes of that show, and I like it. And it show really swings to the fences every episode. Um, I tell you, it's it's hilarious to see where the show where the show takes itself. Um, but no, okay. Um, so my number seven is only murders in the building season two. Um, 
I so I felt I I had contracted COVID over the summer, and uh, while I was uh, and it was while I was on travel for work, ironically enough. Um, but while I was logged in my hotel room uh, for seven days, I had an opportunity to watch Only Murders in the Building season one, which I had heard good things about, but I never had a chance to check to watch. And I tell you, seeing Steve Martin reunited with Martin Short is wonderful. And having Selena Gomez in there as like the young uh, straight um, straight player is, is it's a perfect ensemble cast in every way. And also what I like about the show, which also carries into season two, is that um, it's it is a legit murder mystery. Um, it's you know it's not a comedy farce. It doesn't expend one over the other. Like it's both funny and it's thrilling at the same time. Um, and to see all these really strange characters come out of the woodwork, you know, like I think it's hilarious when you watch like a murder mystery, like say Death on the Nile or Murder in the Orient Express. You've got these, you know, beautiful people, and they're all high life society types. You know, they've got character nuances that make them significant. But Murders in the Building is just an, such odd characters across all spectrums, uh, and all involved in this intricate plot. These intricate plots. So um, I'm excited to see where season three goes. Paul Rudd is going to be in season three, which I think will be interesting. He'll, he'll add a new, an, uh, another level of comedy gold, I'm sure, to the show. So, but and I think Steve Martin intends to retire from film and acting. I don't know if the, when, at the end of the show or at the end of next season, but uh, either way, I really enjoyed it. So I watched see, I watched half a season one and then I, I have no reason why I fell off it. There's just, you know, I guess it's just too much stuff. You have to watch. You can just get sucked to something else. And you're like, man, I should have finished watching this. And yeah, I should have finished watching it, you know, cause I've, I've heard nothing but good things about it. And then the show itself, it doesn't. It doesn't lead me to like, man. I gotta keep watching it. But it's kind of like it's, it's interesting enough to, for me to keep watching it, though. To see where it goes. All right, number six. All right, so number six. This summer, I watched the Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange movie. Um, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> let's say the least. There, it's it's interesting. There, uh, I, I I there's some parts where I'm kind of like, dude, what? Um, you know, but it, for a Doctor Strange film, I think the the it, it doesn't go lower for me because the whole Illuminati scene just angered me. Really, I was doing I was doing really fine with that movie, and then the alternate universe, the Illuminati, and then they're just like so arrogant and so like, oh no, we know what we're talking about, and it's like, are you kidding me? And then they fight Scarlet Witch, and then you're telling me. That in that gen in that world's uh, Miss Mar Captain Marvel in that world can't stand a statue falling on top of her, but Captain Marvel in our world goes through a rock like Thanos is like battle cruiser twice, you know, runs through it twice and she flies through space and all that. But this one, a statue falls on her, and she dies. I'm like, <sighs> I'm like, this is it's just tough, you know. What I mean, there's some there's a lot of plot holes for me there. And then they'll see what they're going to do because I don't know what they're going to do with Doctor Strange with like the future because they should have found a way to maybe wrap them up. But they kind of left it like, oh, we're going to do something else. Are we going to do something else? Is he part of the new Marvel that's going into 24, 23, 24, 25? Like, is he really going to be part of this or do you try to do something different now? Because I asked a part. I'm kind of like, that's, that's interesting. So, yeah. So, uh, 
so Mart, uh, Multiverse of Madness was originally on my list, but I, it got squeaked out. And it I like a lot. I, I do like the movie, um, but I didn't love it. You know, um, like I look at, for example, um, what they did with um, Spider-Man No Way Home. I love Spider-Man No Way Home. Like uh, Marcy gives me a hard time because that movie makes me cry. It's so good. Um, and then I, and I look at and I look at that and I go, man, that's a masterpiece of a Marvel film. Like that, like that right there is the gold standard. And I was really excited to see what they were going to do with Multiverse of Madness because it was they were really like they were really connecting the dots to this movie with you know what they did in Wandavision and then Multiverse and then No Way Home. So I was like, this movie is going to be amazing, you know. And then there, there was like. A, now, and I also partly think that the movie suffers from a lot of fan expectation. Like, there was so much expectation on this film. Like, hey, the X-Men are going to show up. And, you know, we're going to get, you know, um, what's his name as Mr. Fantastic, which we did. Um, the guy that plays Jim from The Office. Um, John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Like, there was a lot of fan expectation placed in this film, which I think it, it was impossible for it to live up to. At the same time, though, there were like there. It also fell extremely short of just baseline expectations. Um, so, like, it's called the multiverse of madness, and I'm not the, I, I'm not going to act like this opinion is unique because I think a lot of people have said the same thing. It's called the multiverse of madness, and you only really get to see one or two alternative universes. That's you know, I mean, that you get. I mean, there's a montage when they're when they're falling through the universes, but. Like you only really get to experience two of them, um, you know. I, I like the Illuminati scene just because I got to see John Krasinski as Mister Fantastic. I got to see Patrick Stewart again as uh, Professor X. Um, they even brought back um, he's a, the uh, um, what's his fame? The dude, yeah, yeah, from, yeah, uh, yeah, from Inhumans, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, which I thought was you know great as well. I mean, I wasn't, I never watched Inhumans the show. Uh, I do like the actor. I can't remember his name right now. He's the new. He's the Captain Pike on the new Strange New Worlds. Um, but so I like that. I actually like the scene. But it does the the movie just fell a little short. I felt of um, of just baseline expectations for what it should have been. So you know that's why I, it, it got squeaked out. And you won't find Thor on my list either. I, again, I like the movie. I think it's funny, but it's it's it was too funny at the expense of being a good superhero film but that's shocking because the thor film side note is the director is a great director and you knew what kind of film once that guy's directing a film you know what kind of film you're getting well yeah taika waititi, no but taika waititi i love taika waititi and i think he did so great, I. uh and i i love taika waititi and i think he did great with um the thor ragnarok i thought it was a perfect balance of like hilarity and you know superhero action and drama this one they went they leaned way too heavy into the silliness and at the expense of the action and the drama but that's another podcast altogether so um so my number six is stranger things season four um i've been a huge stranger things fan since excuse me since it first came out uh years ago um if i had one complaint about the show it's the fact that it I don't know if it was delayed because of COVID or what, but your actors are starting to outgrow the characters are playing. Uh, outgrow. It doesn't help when they're like you know they're twenty something and they like and they're trying to play a thirteen or fourteen year old. Um, so I would say maybe I understand that you know this last season ended and it should dovetail the the story is supposed to dovetail right into the next season. But if you can find a way to maybe advance them in time so their ages are a little more caught up with who they are or their with their actors' ages, then I think that's a win for the show. But that being said, 
I like the show a lot. I actually thought it was a darker, it was a much darker show than what we've seen previously, uh, as it leaned into the whole nightmare thing and 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 uh, seeing all the all the death and destruction that um, uh, came, number one, I guess, is really is who it is, uh, wrought on the facility and then the other, all the other you know kids and the, at any rate, uh, really well done show. I absolutely loved it. Um, so I look forward to see what they do with season five. So. I feel that. All right, all right. So for me, number five is Stranger Things. Oh, um, okay. There you go. It is that one. Um, so I, uh, it's you're one hundred percent. You hit the nail on the head one hundred percent when you say the kids have got grown their roles because you're like, how you're gonna tell me that young man Will is like six one now. Yeah, no kidding. Dude, <laughs> he's 14. Look, his, I'm like, his, my man, please pick up a basketball. That haircut didn't look good on him. Like, there was nothing happening, man. Like, <laughs> pick up a damn basketball. You are, like, easily six foot now. Like, you are towering over your friends. Um, the only one that fits in is the one that went to, like, that smart camp. I forgot that that one, that one Ike, like, the intelligence camp has a girlfriend in Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's because he has like that, like a, a a disease that makes him look that young. He has like the baby teeth still. Yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. But beyond that, yeah, they're all outgrown their roles. And then it actually, the show for me, it would have been farther if they just didn't let us down by all of a sudden saying that, oh, well, number one is actually the one that's the bad guy. Are you kidding me? So all this stuff's been happening by a person that was in the real world that went to some alternate world. And then and then the ending, all right, if you haven't seen it now, man, get over it. Spoilers. You're like the idea that this place and this small town they live in, it's been split like into an X and like houses, streets, huge chasms everywhere, darkness in the clouds, and people are still living there. Like that would not happen. There's no government outreach coming to the town. I'm like, I know it's late, mid to late 80s, but come on. And, and then I, I didn't understand, like, the, what's the cost? Like, they kept talking about the cost. Like, I, I felt like a big letdown of almost how the um, end game made me feel. Like, the end game, no matter what the cost is, and there was nearly no cost. The people that died are all the people that want to die. You know, it's the people that wanted to live. You know, and in there, it seemed like these people are fighting the ultimate fight against number one. And then the one girl, the redhead, I forgot her name, like, she was dead, and they brought her back. I'm like, how dare you? You just got to let someone die. Yeah, I was kind of mad about that. I was expecting a little higher stakes. Like, because all season long, or, or throughout the season, you, we were getting teased with, like, hey, there's going to be a big oh, death coming up. And the only person they killed was coming. the new character. They brought they, yeah. they, they killed the new character that everybody fell in love with. You know, and then the one girl that you thought, like when like you said the redhead, I can't remember her name right now either. She gets killed, and then they bring her back. I would, I'd like to see some stakes. You know, I mean, Game of Thrones it a little bit. You know, yeah, like let us, let us. That's how you, right? Exactly. If you do a little bit of Game of Thrones, Red Wedding, like bam, that happens. People talk about the Red Wedding to this day. Like you, you kind of really let it sink in. But what's this girl's gonna come back to life? Be a vegetable? She can't see. Her arms and legs were broken. I mean, she it's tough. Yeah, we're talking about medical. We're talking about the medical medical field of the eighties. The, the technology's not there yet, so she's yeah. in a tough spot. So, um, season season five let me down with that. But I mean, season three of Stranger Things let me down. That's why it's number five on my list. Gotcha. All right, so uh, my number five is Strange New Worlds. Uh, this is the new Star Trek show. 
Uh, it's Captain Pike and Spock and their version of the Enterprise before Captain Kirk comes on board. Um, I love that show. Um, first off, it's just a beautiful show to watch. I mean, the way that the, the visual effects uh, are beautiful, the way they film it on location and in, on, and some on stage is absolutely beautiful. Um, I love the actor. The actors that are playing these roles are doing a really great job with them. They're doing a great deal of respect to the canon. Um, excuse me. Um, so I, I think the show, and I like that it's episodic. I like that it's not, you know, the, the storytelling today, you know, I, I'm sure a lot, for those of you that are our age, remember the time when shows had a, had a very specific beginning, middle, and end. And then as we got into the 2000s, it became about, like, continuous storytelling where, like, in the background is this is this plot, this continuous plot that works its way through the, and doesn't get resolved until the end of the season. Um, so I, I like the fact that Strange New Worlds has gone back to Star Trek's old formula of this is the here's here's the, sh- the crew of the Enterprise, here's the here's the alien or problem of the week of the week, and we're gonna solve it, and it's gonna end at the end of this episode, and it's just great. I just really enjoy watching the show. It, it's it's Star Trek in its purest. Um, so hats off to Paramount on this one. So, all right, number four. So, number four for me is the movie Prey, um, Hulu original, based off of, it's a prequel, prequel, prequel of the whole Predator series. Um, the The show, not the show, but the movie itself is an actual surprise for me. I came with low expectations. I was like, here we go. I thought it was going to be some, some more of this tribal stuff, and there's going to be like whatever. Um, it, but it, and it started off slow. You have to get through the first like 15, 20 minutes of it. But after that 15, 20 minutes of it, oh man. They, it kicks in high gear. It put me to seat, seat. I was at the edge of my seat the entire time. Uh, the, the Predator, like his technology was dumbed down. So he didn't have futuristic technology, but he had some, but nothing super crazy. He didn't have no glaives coming back to him, to his hand and all this magical stuff. But like he had some some tech, but he was throwing like it was all bolts and spears and hand hand combat. And this guy was on a killing spree. It was fatality after fatality after fatality. Just killing these Frenchmen. That was like the Frenchman scene was like worth the admission. Like I'd I'd pay money just to see that. Just a straight merkin people and really uh, stylistic plays. And he knew what he was doing. You could tell like. He's like, I'm doing this to like show how dominant I am over you. To flex on these explorers that they're trying to get him, and he's getting them instead. Um, it, the only thing, and then at the very there's like an end credit scene where there's gonna be more predators come. But if that comes, like it, it's kind of ruining the whole mythos. If that's true, true, because they're supposed to be more secretive. You can't hide aliens like this throughout the years like that. It's a bit much, but. I, it's, it lands number four. It's it's the most pleasant surprise watch I've seen actually all year, and um, yeah. So pray for me gets a little higher score. So I'm gonna preserve my comments till I get to where we're at. But I will say it. So for my number four is Boys season three. So oh, wow. Boys season three, the boys never lets you down. Like this show is gonna come out punching every which way um, uh, when it. Each season and it delivers every single time like just hit after hit pop 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 um, I mean the first episode, you know watching a, a tiny man enter another man's penis 
and then <laughs> inadvertently blowing him up uh, was just absolutely shocking. I'm watching this. So I watch this because I can't watch this at home, obviously. My wife's not into the boys, and I can't watch around my kid, obviously. So I had to save it for, like, when I was on travel. So I watched, I had it all – I downloaded the episode, all the episodes I could at the time onto my phone so I could watch it on the airline. So I'm, like, literally, like, hug, like hugging my phone, shielding it from the gaze of other people because the show just takes – the show pushes all boundaries. I mean, the hero gasm episode, I mean, I know a lot of people talked about that. Um, you know, the fact that dudes are just getting – like, one dude gets, like, a, a, a fire hose of semen – on on him the, sh- the show is just nuts but at the same time from a dramatic perspective the fact that the show continues to address or is a good satire for today's society this idea of this megalomaniac you know homelander who is infinitely the most powerful man on the planet at the same time he's also the most dangerous man on the planet based on his ego and how he sees the world um it's and 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 how like these these people with very limited in their build their their ability to do anything about it continue to fight against him um you know last season it was a huge it was a season two was a big commentary on basically you know the alt-right and the rise of the alt-right you know that commentary continues to prevail i think even more it's even a bigger commentary on the corruption of or how the media and you know in the mainstream continue to inflame those passions to a degree but Boy, season three, man, is you know, I it, it kept me engaged the entire time. All right, all right, all right. The boys is a little bit higher on my list, so I'll say my uh, pins for that a little later. Okay, all right. Number three, number three for me is the Harley <laughs> Quinn miniseries. Uh, it oh, had a no nice. season, yes, yes. And the Harley Quinn series is uh, absolutely amazing. I love that show. It's the the idea that DC allows the show to do whatever it wants to do. This past season, you had Swamp Thing show up, Constantine show up, Darkwing show up. I mean, it's great, just great. You know, no, what I, mean? I love, I I too love the show. It didn't make my list, but I I it was I would say it's definitely an honorable mention. I love Harley Quinn. Uh, I think Coo- Kelly Kuko does a fantastic job voicing that character, um, and I like what I like the, uh, how they've evolved the relationship between her and Poison Ivy. I love that you continue to see the show through Harley's eyes and just the weirdness of all the characters. You mentioned Swamp Thing. I thought Swamp King was or Swamp Thing was absolutely hilarious um, on the show. Um, yeah, man. Oh, and uh, I also like uh, you know Mister Freeze's wife. Now that she's he's dead, she's free to do whatever she wants. And uh, you know, uh, yeah, that show is great. It's great. I love it. Absolutely love it. What's your number three? So my number three is actually Ms. Marvel. So again. This is another show that got a lot of controversy and a lot of hate from a lot of trolls online, but I'm going to tell you, that show is so good. Um, first off, the actress, and I don't know her name, that plays her, is so pure and so genuine in how she portrays this character. Um, if you don't know who Miss Marvel is, uh, so in the comics, she's an inhuman that gets the ability to like basically stretch her limbs, and um, uh, she can do a couple other things, too. Um, uh, she can grow quite large. In the uh, in this version, uh, she's uh, has the ability. She can still do those abilities, but it's more through like a like a telekinesis or like a psychic ability kind of thing. Either way, uh, superhero antics aside, what I think is so great about this film is or this show is that it it highlights um, 
it, it brings to the forefront a culture that I think gets overlooked a lot in our in our society. Like we talk a lot about, obviously, you know, white and black um, is always going to be one of the core racial tensions in this country, but uh, and then Asians I think are usually the close third, and or and actually no Hispanics are probably close third with Asians after that. So seeing Pakistani culture in the suburbs of New York. Seeing that, you know, I love that the show portrays for the for once doesn't portray Muslims as this evil sect of people who are conspiring against the United States government. You know, it, it's it's about a community, a community of people who are who who have normal who are striving to live every normal lives like everybody else. Um, so it's just a really grounded and well thought out show. It's extremely genuine. Her love of superheroes, I think, can be felt by all of us who are fanboys. The way she looks at you know, Ms. Mar- uh, Captain Marvel and the Avengers and uh, how she gets excited about these things, these fan conventions. It's just a really pure look at how we fans, you know, view pop culture. And it also, and it, all, and it does it from a light of someone who is a cultural minority on the fringes of society. It's just fantastic storytelling. All right, number two. Right, all right. Number two for me is, is the show What we do in the shadows oh nice okay it, it is an fx show and man it was uh i'm engaged in it my wife's engaged in it it's uh it is top tier comedy it's 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 good man just you got the vampires still clinging their old ways you got a lot of guest stars every episode this show is on a season three and they already got signed for they got signed for another fourth season so guys if you have not seen it i would recommend you watch it it's such a good watch and it's not gory yeah there's vampires and yada 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 but it is um you know they it's a funny take on it they have lots of guest stars on this past season you had um nick kroll the skyler brothers you had um you've had wesley snipes on there in the past Dave Batista, Mark Hamill. I mean, there's a lot of people from Hollywood that jumps on this film, in this film, this series, um, just to make cameos for an episode here and there. Um, and they're very, um, they keep track of a storyline. So if you, it pays off if you watch it for a long time. So that's my number. Two, that's my number two. Yeah. No. I, um, so I've seen the movie, uh, and I saw. I started watching season one, and I liked it. I just got sidetracked by other stuff, but. Uh, again, it's another show. It's, I think it's produced by Taika Waititi. The movie was directed and written by Taika Waititi. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a yeah. No, I've heard nothing but good things, and the movie's hilarious. So um, nice. All right, my number two is Prey. Uh, I uh, I know you've already kind of shared your comments about it. I I share a lot of those comments. Um, well, I love, I think thinking one, it's a beautiful movie to watch. Like if you didn't know you were gonna watch, if you didn't know what it was, and you didn't know that there was gonna be a predator in it. Uh, it, it reminds me of like the Revenant, so it's kind of like the Revenant meets Last of the Mohicans meets Predator. Um, it's a beautiful movie to watch. Uh, it's a beautiful, it's, um, it's a great historical fiction drama about this girl. I mean, you could have removed the Predator and made it about her hunting a bear or a tiger or not a tiger, but I'm like a mountain lion, and it still would have been a good movie because it's about this girl trying to establish herself in this society that you know. Um, obviously is male oriented and the fact that, you know, that, um, she wants, she has a warrior spirit, wants to be able to be a warrior, but she can't because her, her lot in life is, is gathering and cooking and preparing the, uh, preparing the home, uh, the home area. Um, but, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I love the movie. All the Predator stuff is fantastic, obviously. I mean, uh, everything, the way they shot all those scenes and the practical effects involved are are amazing. Um, but for me, what's so great about this movie is just it's beautifully shot. It's it's not, it's it's for a Hulu, a straight-to-Hulu original, they put some money on this because it's not cheaply shot. It's extremely artistically done. It's great. So that's my number two. Even though when the predator hunted the bear, it was awesome when he hunted it, though. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> when no the, doubt. No when the predator hunted the bear, it was amazing. That yeah. was like, that was a wake up call scene. Like, you're about to go for a wild ride when this predator, because just to give you an essence of that scene, the bear, the predator's boxing the bear. The predator's never seen a bear. He doesn't know what a bear is. So he's like fist fighting a bear. And the bear's actually winning. And then all of a sudden, he kind of like recoups himself. He's kind of like, all right. He kind of, you see, he looks face like, all right, I got to get this right. And the bear charges him and he just punches the bear, like cold cocks the bear one good time. And then the bear like is out. Then he like rips the bear in half and he's like watching the bear blood like drip on him. And he's like invisible, like doing it. And the girl's like watch the whole time, like scared out of your life. Because again, if you're seeing this any, any time period you're seeing this, you're freaking out. So this woman's freaking out seeing this happen before her very eyes. Some alien is. Or some being that she doesn't know what an alien is. So some being from who knows where. Just invisibility. This, and they can't see this person is draining blood on top of him. And he's drinking it up and bathing in it. You're like, this is outrageous. But it's amazing to watch. Yeah, for me too. Like, um, I like that. Even, what I thought was crazy. Not crazy, but interesting. was So obviously they, they can do space travel. Um, and we've seen in the other Predator movies, he has like a more evolved suit of armor. But in this, like they, they actually took it down a notch, and like it, it was a, it was more primitive level armor. Like you mentioned, the weapons were a little more primitive level. Like they weren't as advanced as what we had seen, and you know, uh, or what we will see hundreds of years later. Yeah, um, he didn't but, have armor, and like he just wearing like some kind of like tarp, and like he had his like, yeah, he had like skull like, helmet, arrow bolts. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a yeah, very well done, very well done show or movie. All right, number one. What's your number one? So, so my number one is the boys so i saw the boys and and like the boys season three and i know you're like man that that uh that penis thing was ridiculous and that was a hard start um the that was a hard start to the season um but hero gasm was a great episode to even like the how the season finale how they even go this whole like this whole thing with uh uh what's name not homeboy um it's uh what's his name um he's like the fake captain america Oh, um, um, I forgot his name. Yeah, the, the actor missing my name is is a vein right now too. All right, well, nevertheless, like the character, he's like a fake Captain America, and it's a whole thing where they go to Russia and they have to get him, and it's a whole Captain America thing, and he can beam people's powers, he can take people's powers by using his powers, and then it's a, it's a whole thing the whole season. He's on revenge, but they're teaming up with them, and they're like, "We're gonna take Homelander out." And he gets to the point where they're about to do it. And on the last the last season, last episode of the season, you're like, "It's so good." Get to the climax ending, and it's like, it, it's really good. I follow him on Twitter as well. And if you follow um, Vot on on Twitter, they like drop little teasers of episodes or after episodes. They tease stuff as well. They show like extended clips of like dumb stuff. They show like a this past weekend they had like a a thing where the deep was saved some like ship out in the Orient so he could deliver soy sauce somewhere and you could save seven percent because they're the seven. 
you know, and it's it's they always drop something every other month to keep you engaged with the show. So like the boys itself for me is probably one of my favorite shows on television now because it, it's definitely something I can't watch with my stepson's awake. He has to be somewhere else to watch it, you know, because they take it there sometimes and out of nowhere. But man, it's it's such a good watch. All right, um, my number one, Top Gun Maverick. Um, when that when we everyone heard about this movie, I think not one of us didn't clown on the idea that you're going to have a Top Gun movie 30 years after the original. Um, especially for those folks that are in the military, I think everyone commented on the fact like he should be an admiral by now. So if he's flying, <laughs> something's wrong. Um, but this movie, man. It answered all the right questions. It tied up a lot of great threads, and it's just beautiful to watch. First off, the fact that they actually got the cameras in the cockpits, filming the actors, experiencing upwards of like nine to nine to ten G's, or actually more like eight to nine G's, is awesome. Um, I mean, seeing those guys like do all those tactics and execute those profiles in real time was is it's just beautiful um you know like and it makes them it makes them experience that much more real i can see now why tom cruise was 100 percent about making sure this movie comes out in theaters because i think if if this movie was experienced straight to streaming it would have gotten a wholly different reception the fact that it's like one of the first movies i think um i think spider-man no way home is probably the exception maybe to gross this kind of money in the post-covid environment just speaks to how great it is. And then also it's just a, it's also a, actually just a really good movie. Um, you know, it, uh, I thought, I thought for the first time in a long time, Tom Cruise has done some of the best acting he's done. Um, there's a scene in the film where he's watching rooster play great balls of fire. And if you haven't seen the film spoilers, rooster is goose's son and he's playing great balls of fire on the piano at the, at the I bar in San Diego and Tom just has this I get I'm getting emotional just talking about it. He's watching <laughs> Rooster, his like his his best friend's son sing this song and he starts flashing back to when he and he and Goose would play that song. And he's flashing he flashes back to their last flight together. And when Goose dies, you know, um in the ejection incident and all that, and it's just you watch that scene and you just for me who's a big fan of the original I was weeping. Like my wife was like, "Are you crying right now?" I was. I was. I was bawling because that in just that single moment, I it was so so touching. Uh, so I thought that was the most. I thought this movie was probably the most acting Tom Cruise has done in a really long time. Um, seeing Val Kilmer come back as Iceman, as the commander of Pacific Fleet, man, again, just another. That was That's another moment. Yeah, that, that was another moment where I started crying again because like. I don't. First off, um, I know. I mean, Val Kilmer. God bless him. He's gone through a lot with the throat surgery and everything. And I know he fought cancer, um, but seeing him make it back for that scene, and it was such a great scene between those two. At between those two, uh, and he's and the thing is, he sells that scene and he's typing it on a computer because he can't talk. Um, so you know, and seeing the two the two actors play off each other and have this warm emotional. Um, you know, uh, connection. And then, he, you know, spoilers again, he dies. His character dies. So, you know, again, you know, what, Tom Cruise's character. No, um, Iceman's About character. Humor. Yeah. Okay. So Maverick is losing like everybody. Like, you know, he's at that stage in his career slash life where life takes more away than it gives you. Um, 
you know, so it just it's just a beautiful movie. The, it's well acted. It's well written. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of parallels with the original. You know, you're going to see some shirtless sports on the beach. Um, you're going to have, you know, awesome soundtracks. You're going to see cool fighters. Oh, by the way, this movie has way more fighter activity than the last one. I mean, it's funny. We So we don't let our son watch the entire first Top Gun because there are some you know, adult themes. But we let him watch the fighter stuff because he likes jet planes. I can I can get him through all the fighter scenes in the first Top Gun in like like ten minutes. We practically watch the entire movie every time we do this with him for Maverick, and I, we admittedly we'll let him watch all of Maverick because the adult. I feel like Tom Cruise knew that this movie was going to inspire a lot of people to want to be in naval aviation, so he kind of like. Well, they told, literally said that this was going to be like a naval commercial. Like, yeah, like is, they said they would use it for like naval like yeah, commercials. They, they toned down a lot. Of, yeah, they toned down a lot of the adult themes in this. Um, so like it's actually say we actually felt it was pretty safe for our kid to watch. We've actually shown the entire movie, but when he wants to just watch the fighter scenes, it takes me almost an hour to get through it because the movie is nonstop, like fighter, like fighter stuff. It's pretty awesome. Um, I have a little bit of an issue with how the movie ended. Um, but aside from that, like that movie is just gold. So it, it gets my number one. And I think it's number one for a lot of people because considering that movie has made all the money and is still making all the money, um, set is just speaks to how good that film is. I respect it. I respect it, man. Yeah. What are your like? Um, is there a show that you're trying to watch right now that you have not seen? Um. So right now, so uh, I think we've already talked about the fact I'm watching House of Dragons, watching Rings of Power, which that show just gets better with every episode. That's what um, I'm hearing. Yeah, Rings of Power is really good. If you got time, that's. Uh, but the, I think the show I'm looking forward to the most right now it comes out in December, and it's um. Excuse me. It's a uh, season three of Jack Ryan on Amazon. Uh, that show is so strong and is so good. And John Krasinski is good in it. Um, so I look forward to that coming out. Other shows I started, I started watching that show on Hulu. Um, Reboot. Is it Reboot. I did. I started that as well. Yeah, that's good. I've, I, I like that. Um, and I don't know if there's anything else I'm trying to watch right now that I haven't been able to. What about yourself? Um, the uh, I'm watching House of Dragons right now. I'm not impressed um, <laughs> at this current moment. Join, I'm not impressed right now. Join, join the it's club. like okay, all right, guys. <laughs> like we're we're really trying to get this castle intrigue. Uh, but I tried to watch uh, on Netflix or Cyberpunk 2027. Um, mm-hmm. The the Edge Runner is what it's called. It's based it's based in the world of the video game. And what it actually doing is. Cyberpunk, if you guys don't know about this game, it's a game that came out almost about two years ago, almost two years now. And it, when it came out, it flopped. It only was like it flopped is because it came out on PS4 and Xbox, Xbox 360, and the game was too advanced for it. And so people that bought the game, they had experiences on it. So I had it on PC. My, it looked beautiful. It ran beautiful. It played beautiful. So I was fine with it. So people stop playing it and people there's a lot of hate on it a lot of bad reviews and the game was pretty much dead for a while cd project red who makes the game they're the same people who make the witcher so and create the whole witcher mythos so they went ahead and fixed it they fixed they've done two they tuning and tuning and tuning all the huge patches and now they have those huge patches and when the contrast of hanging out this new patch they're seeing all this new dlc that's free and these new weapons and clothes but this 
Netflix series kind of coincides with it. It's telling an independent story that happens in that world in your game that you own. And the weapons that got the people are using and the clothes they're wearing, you could you could get it in the game. And they're really powerful and you could be just like the characters in the miniseries. That's ten episodes. That's like thirty minutes long. And it goes along with the miniseries. So and they said they're gonna probably make some DLC stuff based off that as well. So they're uh, it's kind of a talk of the town right now in gaming world, if you don't know, because people are trying to understand that maybe 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 we should do animes or do cartoons to coincide with our video games to help drum up the buzz. Because right now DLCs, early orders, and st stuff like that isn't really a hot stuff anymore. This is in two thousand and five, so people are trying to find new ways to get people back engaged in buying games and being engaged in a game. So why not have them watch a series about it and be like, man, I, I, I'm now engaged and now invested in this because I watched the series. I'm, I'm infatuated with the show and all stuff they did. Well, look at the stuff they did. You could do this in the game too. And like, oh, that's cool. I want to do that. I guess people playing the game again. Hmm. All right. I'll be on the lookout for that then. All right, folks. Well, I think we've ran we've ran a long episode. Definitely long. But yeah, I think it was a good right conversation. Here. It was a good recap of some of the fun stuff that came out over the summertime. Um, that, folks. Um, we you got. Do we have anything to look forward to this week, Mister Locke? Man, I I have no idea. It's been. We have nothing here. We'll probably drum up. It will hopefully some news will happen. That's a uh, that's interesting. Maybe something will happen on the Brett Favre front. You know, um, I did see some updates on, like, the Right Stuff dating app, the GOP dating app. That seems kind of interesting. I've seen nothing on Ezra Miller. Everybody's been going to more spooky news. Everybody's been talking about the Jeffrey Dahmer show that's on Netflix. Uh, I, I'm kind of over the glorification of serial killers, personally speaking, but we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm on the hunt for ideas guys if y'all have anything y'all want to hear us talk about we'll be glad to talk about it as well but we're gonna keep drawing up ideas to figure it out ourselves though but uh yeah if there's the, the, if the news ain't popping you know what i mean and, and black adam is coming out soon that's coming out in the next couple of weeks i think it's like three weeks away or something like that three or two weeks now black adam's coming out so that'll be interesting to see that i'm gonna try to see that opening weekend see how that goes down all right sounds good all right well i don't have much going on myself either um Work is pretty chill right now, and uh, we are just marching through October. Um, so with that, folks, uh, we're going to call it here, but thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our top ten list of the things we saw over the summertime. Hopefully it informs some of the things you want to watch if you haven't had a chance to check some of this stuff out. But that being said, I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Locke. Y'all have a good week. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.